All right, it's not too often that I signal a red alert here at the beginning of a situation update, but that's what I'm obliged to do for today. It's uh, Thursday, November 18th, 2021, and this is a situation update with Mike Adams here of brighttown.com and naturalnews.com. Now, yesterday we had good news, which is that it looks like the Biden vaccine mandate is going to be struck down. That's the way it's looking. And then, of course, yesterday morning, uh, which is after I had recorded yesterday's podcast, we saw that OSHA confirmed that it would halt enforcement of the Biden vaccine mandate because of the stay order from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And then we've also seen that the Sixth Circuit Court has now taken up the consolidation of the 30-plus lawsuits across the country. And this, uh, the, the Sixth Circuit is going to render the final decision on whether the vaccine mandate violates the U.S. Constitution, which clearly it does. So the good news is that the vaccine mandate is probably going to be stopped. Right now, I'm putting that at about an 80% chance. The bad news is that the globalists were counting on the vaccine mandate in order to achieve uh, mass murder of the American people. And if the vaccine mandate goes away, they're going to have to resort to their next weapon system, which they will launch maybe this year or early 2022. They'll probably launch it uh, soon after the Sixth Circuit Court uh, rules that the vaccine mandate is unconstitutional. So in other words, it's going to drive the globalists into their next desperate maneuver. And that maneuver is what I'm going to detail here today. And it involves their deliberate release of smallpox. Now, smallpox has been in the news recently. You may have noticed that uh, Bill Gates was warning about a smallpox terror attack just, what, two weeks ago, something like that. And he said that nations should prepare for for bioterrorism, such as smallpox attacks uh, on airports. And he said that uh, smallpox could cause epidemics worse than the ones that we've already dealt with, right? Well, when Bill Gates says things like that, you know, when he's rubbing his hands, like, sure would be bad if the smallpox got out, right? You need to pay attention to that because this week, smallpox vials were found in a freezer at a Merck facility outside Philadelphia. And this is reported throughout the mainstream media this week. And then uh, the FBI and the Centers for Disease Control got involved because these vials labeled smallpox were, are not supposed to be there, right? And uh, Yahoo News was even reporting this. There were 15 vials, according to the, uh, let's see, this was there was an alert, a copy obtained by Yahoo News. Five of the vials were labeled smallpox and 10 were labeled vaccinia. Uh, these vials, let's see, there was a lockdown of the facility. The FBI and the CDC launched investigations. Uh, smallpox is considered so deadly that only two labs in the world are authorized to store samples of the virus, one in Russia and the other at the CDC in Atlanta. The majority of Americans are not vaccinated against smallpox, says Yahoo News, and those who were vaccinated would likely now have waning immunity. Here they are admitting that vaccines fade, fade away over time. Let's see, these uh, smallpox vials were reportedly discovered by a laboratory worker. Hmm. 
and the CDC and law enforcement are investigating the matter, blah, blah, blah. The laboratory worker was wearing gloves and a face mask and so on and so forth. Now, you're starting to see the picture here. Number one, the question is, well, you know how much money Big Pharma has made from COVID. And the question is, uh, how many more hundreds of billions of dollars could they make if there were, you know, shucks, a, a smallpox pandemic that just got out of control. And this looks like the cover story. Oh, it's a lab leak from Merck in Philadelphia. Oh, there was a lab leak and it, we're so sorry it was an accident and it got out and now it's going crazy across the country and people are dying from smallpox. And this is one scenario that they could roll out. Now, this smallpox is, is very, it's very fatal. Something like 30 to 40% of those who contract it die. And it's not a, not a comfortable death by any means. So there would be a whole new you know, mass hysteria. But this time, the media hysteria wouldn't be over something that only kills less than 1% of people, which is what SARS-CoV-2 is all about. In this case, it would really kill 30 to 40% of the people it infected. Also, smallpox is highly, highly contagious according to mainstream virology. It's even more contagious than COVID, which means you would want to lock down yourself. And regardless of what the government's saying, you would want to lock down and stay home until this thing burns through the population because, man, you do not want to get smallpox ever. It's very deadly. So the establishment would obviously use this in two important strategic ways that will suddenly make sense. Number one, if they kill a bunch of people with smallpox, they can cover up the deaths from the COVID vaccines. And you notice right now the mainstream media is working overtime to try to cover up the deaths from these vaccines, the vaccines being given out now. And, you know, all these heart attack deaths and myocarditis and strokes and sudden death and people died suddenly and sports figures dying and so on. The media is trying to cover this up with the most absurd excuses. I'm going to get into that in a minute. They're blaming climate change for the heart attacks. They're, they're, they're blaming even broken heart syndrome for the heart attacks, right? I mean, they're just so desperate. The media, they're all complicit in this. They're, they're just, you know, part of this agenda to try to mass murder humanity and cover it up. So, so that's one thing, is that they would be able to cover up the vaccine deaths if, they, if there's a smallpox pandemic that just, oops, accidentally happens to take place because hmm, certain people connected to certain people in the globalist community, they release it in the airports just like Bill Gates warned about. That's one thing. But the second thing that's huge in all of this is that a smallpox pandemic would give them the perfect opportunity to cancel the 2022 midterm elections. And right now, Democrats know that they're going to get politically slaughtered in those midterm elections. You know, Republicans are winning all over the country in the local elections. Democrats are being rejected. The country's falling apart thanks to Democrat policies. And the American people are fed up with leftists and they're fed up with the, the culture wars, you know, critical race theory. They're fed up with the abuse of power of OSHA and the CDC. They're fed up with the corruption of the FBI and the DOJ. They're fed up with the rigged elections. They're just fed up with everything. So if the midterms are held, 
probably the the Democrats are going to lose 60 plus seats in the House and they're going to lose the Senate and they're going to lose governorships and they're going to lose state legislatures even more uh, all across the country. And, and then they're going to end up with maybe somebody in the fake White House soundstage for a while until until, frankly, the dollar collapses and then America's finished. But whatever. The point is that the smallpox release achieves these very two important strategic goals for the Democrats. Well, and the globalists. Uh, number one, again, it covers up the vaccine deaths. And then number two, it cancels the 2022 midterm elections. But there's another sub-goal that it achieves as well. Uh, of course, it, it makes a lot of money for big pharma. But it also ends up killing a lot of conservatives who have learned through the COVID pandemic to reject the hysteria of the media and reject masks and reject uh, lockdowns, you know, for good reason. And when it comes to, to COVID, it's the rational thing to do to reject all of those things because it's all BS. But the downside is that it has made a lot of conservatives kind of, kind of sloppy when it comes to personal hygiene in the context of a serious, real pandemic. So if they release smallpox, and if we still run around the same way that we're doing it right now, like myself, I mean, I don't wear a mask anywhere. I don't, I don't wear gloves. I'm not that careful. You know, I go out in public. And I just rely on my immune system to do the job. But if smallpox comes along, then we have to be crazy careful and we have to really isolate. And now, if, if the smallpox is real, maybe they'll fake it. Maybe they'll do a false flag smallpox or something. Who knows? These lunatics in D.C., there's nothing they won't try. But if it's real, you have to really be careful. And being locked down means you're isolated. You know, where are you going to get food? How's the food supply going to work? Once again, we could be going through early 2020 again in 2022, but 10 times worse with the supply shortages and the, the logistics breakdowns and more lockdowns and more tyranny and more forced vaccines and everything else. It, it could be even worse. And all they need is a more aggressive bioweapon in order to push that agenda all over the world. Once again, smallpox is is the perfect weapon for evil governments to grab even more power. As in COVID was the warm-up round, smallpox could be the final knockout punch against human freedom. And it doesn't have to be smallpox. It could be Marburg. It could be Ebola, or it could be some weird combination. You know, again, something out of the Fauci freezer. And some some super hydra you know, combination of five things. It's like, uh, it's, it's Ebola AIDS. Oh, great. You're going to bleed out and die from lack of immune system function or whatever. I mean, Fauci's been working on this stuff for a long time. He's a monster. He's probably got a freezer full of all kinds of surprises for humanity. And this is the time he's going to deploy them. No doubt. Uh, in fact, there's a version of smallpox called hemorrhagic smallpox. That's I think around 70% fatal or something in that range. And it makes you bleed out kind of like Ebola. So it is this very devilish combination of, well, Ebola like properties combined with smallpox. And it's, you bleed all over the place and 
you have these postules full of blood all over your skin, all over your face, all over your body. You suffer, you die. It's, it's horrible. And anybody near you gets it. I mean, it's highly contagious, at least according to what the history books have said. Then again, we've been learning lately that so much of history has been a complete lie, like the history of polio. It's a, it's a total lie. So who knows what to believe anymore about the history of viruses and plagues and pandemics and everything. It's kind of like we need to go back and question everything and get red-pilled about the entire official narrative of human history that we've been taught, right? But we don't have time to do that today. That's obviously a much bigger project. But while you're pondering that, by the way, check out this story that was posted at the Gateway Pundit, and it was authored by Lawrence Sellen and Anna Chen, that Emory University is training ground for Chinese military scientists linked to biowarfare research with funding from Dr. Fauci. Now, Emory University, we've known for a long time, this is in Atlanta, we've known that they're, they're a criminal front for the CDC, which is a criminal front for the pharmaceutical cartels. And uh, I've been writing about Emory for, I don't know, a long, a long time. Well, now this story is talking about a couple of faculty members in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology at Emory. And one of these, uh, who is this? Ching Lai Yang, uh, or Yang Xianxiang, received his undergraduate degree from the University of Science and Technology of China, an institution under the direct control of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, via the Chinese Academy of Science, which is focused on China's defense infrastructure. So, and then there's another person, according to this article, Lin Ye, uh, is a graduate of Shanxi Medical University, received her degrees, MD and PhD, from the Fourth Military Medical University in Xi'an, China, which is now called the Air Force Military Medical University. Both of these researchers have received millions of dollars in research funding from Dr. Anthony Fauci, and they both maintain extensive links with the Chinese military, according to uh, this article in the Gateway Pundit. And it goes on there, talks about the Emory-Harbin project. It's a, it's a backdoor connection with the China's People's Liberation Army, the PLA, where they can get knowledge transfer of U.S. technologies to uh, enhance the PLA's influenza research program and so on and so forth. So there are, you know, the CDC has been completely taken over by communist Chinese and Emory University has been completely infiltrated and taken over by the communist Chinese. And this, the CDC and Emory, this is where uh, a lot of bioweapons related research originates. And again, using Fauci funding through the NIH. So this article in the Gateway Pundit goes through the whole uh, fascinating story, and none of this is surprising to those of us who know what's going on, is it? Um, right. I mean, the whole the whole thing with the vaccines. This is a a China-run bioweapons attack on America, and it's only through America's court system, you know, the Fifth Circuit Court and the Sixth Circuit Court, that we're able to just pause that thing, stop that. And to thwart Joe Biden's plans where he conspired with communist China to mass murder probably hundreds of millions of Americans is their goal with the vaccine biological weapon. So hopefully that will be 
stopped. But make no mistake, the Biden regime is run by the CCP. Big tech is run by the CCP. Uh, the CDC, we already talked about. Big media, all run by the communist Chinese. The culture wars have been headed up by the Chinese. Uh, Hollywood, you know, Netflix, all of it. They're all taking commands from communist China to destroy America. And, and other institutions as well, beyond the ones I just mentioned. For example, banking and finance and real estate and so on. All right, now, the next story, the media is making excuses for all the heart attacks. And there was a really great story in informationliberation.com by Chris uh, Minahan. And the title is Media Blitz, Surge in Heart Disease Due to, quote, Climate Change, Broken Heart Syndrome, Pandemic Anxiety. So the U.S. media when trying to document why so many people are dying of heart attacks, they're coming up with all these uh, crazy excuses. So from people.com, they say cases of broken heart syndrome are on the rise among women over 50. That's right. Broken heart syndrome, which they say causes weakened heart muscles, shortness of breath and chest pain. So, right. They can't bring themselves to admit that these are vaccine side effects. These are blood clots. This is myocarditis. No, they say it's broken heart syndrome. And they say, they even say broken heart syndrome produces symptoms that feel like a heart attack. Yeah. Because you're being attacked by a bioweapon that damages your vascular system. So think about the media complicity in this. This is extraordinary. This is like the media of the Third Reich making up excuses for why so many Jews were disappearing into the Zyklon B gas chambers, right? This is. This would be like uh, the, the media in 1942 saying, oh, well, uh, why have Jews gone missing? Uh, because they're, they're going on uh, nature hikes or something, right? That, that's, that would be the equivalent to what the media is doing right now. They're incredibly evil and they're complicit in this. And then here's a, a news story from KUTV, uh, Channel 2, whatever city that's from. Looks like it's uh, CBS News. Study shows higher heart disease risk during pandemic is due to depression and anxiety, right? So it's all in your head. And we've seen many cases, I've seen stories about this on the COVID blog, where uh, nurses or healthcare workers who are suffering side effects of vaccine, they, they seek out medical assistance to try to get help for what's going on. And then a doctor tells them, oh, it's just your anxiety. You're just nervous or you're just depressed that's why your heart feels funny no it's not blood clots it's not the vaccine it's not myocarditis no you just it's all in your head so this is blaming the victim so first they inject you with a biological weapon and then they damage your heart and then they tell you it's all in your head unbelievable but here's one that's beyond bizarre this is out of the uk a website called d morgan <laughs> i've never heard of it but they have a headline that says, climate change is changing babies in the womb. They are more susceptible to heart disease. So <laughs> this is like bad science on top of bad science. Like, would you like an extra helping of bad science with your, your bad science burger and a side of bad science fries with that? Uh, climate change was a totally made up BS thing. Anyway, they say it's changing babies in the womb. How can climate change change babies in the womb? This is nonsense. And then saying that they're more susceptible to heart disease. No, it's vaccines that are damaging babies in the womb because they're giving vaccines 
to pregnant women, which is insane all by itself. Why would you inject pregnant women with spike protein when the spike protein damages unborn babies and damages vascular cells, damages uh, neurodevelopment in unborn children and so on? But really, they're going to blame climate change now for babies being born with heart disease as their damage from the spike protein. Okay, here's another one. The Sunday Times, wherever that's published, I don't know. Uh, they have a headline, Rise in Heart Attacks Attributed to Pandemic Stress and Poor Diet. So they do admit that there's a rise in heart attacks, but they're trying to cover it up. What is it? Oh, it's pandemic stress. You're just stressed. That's why you're dying. Uh, is that their excuse for all the sports, uh, the, the athletes that are dying on the soccer fields? You're just stressed. <laughs> As you keel over and your legs are trembling and your heart stops beating and you die. Uh, uh, stress, more stress. Or you hear, you see in a lot of media outlets, oh, it's, it's a coincidence. Oh, this person got a vaccine and then they died. But that's just a coincidence. So many coincidences. Or you've heard the phrase, uh, died suddenly. That's a, a new big one. You know, a doctor, 35, died suddenly for no apparent reason, spontaneous death. And this is being reported all across local news media. Why are all these people dying? Uh, we don't know. We just say they died suddenly. What did they die of? Uh, they died of a coincidence. <laughs> what were the symptoms? Uh, symptoms were climate change and, and stress and mental disorders and loneliness or whatever. Broken heart syndrome. This is the media trying to cover up a Holocaust. That's what this is. And it's an extraordinary demonstration of the evil of the mainstream media, the corporate-run media, and the governments, and the science journals. They're all in on this. The medical journals, science journals, Big Pharma, the whole deal. They're all in on it, and these journalists are playing along. Like, we don't know why so many people are dying. Even you've seen these stories recently that admit, you know, the, the ERs are filled with people who have been vaccinated. And uh, many hospitals around the world are filled right now with people that are dying from sometimes from the common flu now, and they were mostly vaccinated and people dying from COVID who were vaccinated. And how do they try to spin this? Well, they say it's the fault of the unvaccinated. That's their story there. Well, if, if the unvaccinated weren't walking around out there, then gosh, all these vaccinated people wouldn't be getting sick. That's their story. And you're thinking, how does that work when you claim the vaccine was 95% effective? How does some other person out there not taking a vaccine make you sick if your vaccine works? It doesn't make any sense at all, but you know that. But I'm just wondering how they're going to project more excuses after poor children are being born. I don't mean poor economically, but I mean damaged children are, are going to be born with like their heart on the outside of their chest or you know, uh, all kinds of genetic mutations, you know, missing limbs and so on. They're going to be born. What's the media going to say then? Uh, well, oh, oh, it's climate change again. Uh, the, the global warming is causing uh, mutations in, in uh, fetuses. That's the way they say it. They never refer to them as unborn children. There's a fetuses. Fetuses are altered by climate change. And the average leftist is going to believe that. Oh, God, I believe in science. And then like, yeah, whatever. Any explanation in the media, they're going to believe. 
you know, if the media reported out there's neutrinos uh, uh, from the climate change that are changing babies' DNA, you know, like the average leftist is, is just going to go right along with it. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not mocking uh, retarded people with that voice. I'm mocking leftists for being stupid because that's, it, it, it's just, they believe anything. They believe anything. The, these people believe that, that Kyle Rittenhouse was a, a racist mass murderer, even though there were people attacking him. And those people attacking him had criminal histories of being uh, pedophiles and uh, being engaged in assault and, and so on. And they were attacking him while he was trying to run to the police. He defended himself, but the average leftist thinks that the only outcome that would be acceptable is if Kyle Rittenhouse were murdered and beaten to death with a skateboard, right? I wonder if we're going to get a, a verdict on that trial today. Man, what a, what a travesty of justice already, just the process of that. Now, by the way, a new study out of Israel, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, admits that the effectiveness of the vaccine wanes after just, what is this, about uh, two months. Yeah, it looks like about two months. It becomes, um, uh, well, four times less effective to use the language out of the study, whatever that means. <laughs> okay, so the study is saying that in all age groups, the effectiveness of the vaccine, which was given to almost everybody in Israel, uh, significantly declines, and then there are more infections among vaccinated people the further they are away from the initial vaccination date. In other words, those who got vaccinated earlier also lost vaccine effectiveness earlier. And uh, the, the, the study is obviously a warning for those who have taken the vaccine, thinking that they were going to have lasting immunity that would last a year or more, doesn't last a year at all. Looks like it drops in two months. And so this is funny. Wait till I read you this sentence from the conclusion. The study is titled Waning Immunity After the BNT162B2 Vaccine in Israel. And in the conclusion, at the very bottom of the study, after admitting that the vaccines have greatly reduced effectiveness very quickly, here's what they say that understanding the extent of waning immunity is critical for policymaking, especially regarding vaccination strategies. The results presented here provide an epidemiologic basis for the decision by the Israeli Ministry of Health to approve the administration of a booster, third dose, of COVID-19 vaccine to persons who had been vaccinated at least five months previously. The findings also suggest the need to follow the effects of waning immunity closely and to inform policymakers worldwide who are facing decisions regarding the administration of booster vaccinations. So you see what this conclusion is saying. The first two vaccines stop working. Therefore, everybody's going to need more boosters, which the study admits is just a third dose of the same thing that stopped working originally, which again makes no sense. Why would you take a third shot of the same thing? You already took two shots and they stopped working. Why would you take a third shot? And why would you take a fourth shot? But you notice every study that's now coming out that says the vaccines stop working over time or have reduced effectiveness or even negative effectiveness, this is the justification for the booster shot. 
which again, the booster shot is the global recruitment of morons for depopulation. That's all it is. The booster shot is kind of like uh, lining up the lemmings to jump off the cliff to their own death. Uh, the, the booster shot is is like a, a siren song call for the oblivious to commit vaccine suicide. That's what it is. Anybody reading the science, if they still had a brain functioning, would have to ask the question, why should we expect the third shot to work? <laughs> Especially when your risks increase with each shot. So the second shot is way more dangerous than the first. The third shot is more dangerous than the second. The fourth shot is more dangerous than the third and so on because you're poisoning your system with a bioweapon. So you can see where this is going. The science, well, the articles in another few months are going to say, well, we found out that the third shot has waning effectiveness over time. Therefore, we're recommending a fourth shot. <laughs> it's just never going to end until you die. I love how these so-called scientists, these writers for the medical journals who claim that they have scientific minds, what they're essentially arguing is that uh, since the thing we pushed and told you about and promised about the first time didn't work, therefore take more of that same thing. <laughs> it was supposed to be, remember, 95% effective for a full year, and now uh, it's, it's kind of zero uh, effectiveness and you want me to take more? And then they say, but, oh, but natural immunity doesn't exist. When natural immunity is the thing that has, by the way, nearly 100% effectiveness. That's right, against every variant, even. Against every variant. And that's the beautiful thing about this. I had COVID quite a while ago. I think I had it actually in late 2019 and early 2020, right over the Christmas, New Year's holiday at that time, I had it. And because of that, I've had natural immunity ever since. And I've been around people who are sick with the Delta variant. And I'm around them, I'm hugging, I'm shaking hands, I'm sharing, uh, you know, uh, glasses and eating with them and everything else. And guess what? Not sick. No infection. I'm, because I'm immune to it. Of course, I'm exposed, but I'm immune because I've already had it. I had the early version and natural immunity is better. It works against all the variants. Whereas the vaccines fall apart in just months against one variant and then they suppress your immune system against all future variants. You have no immunity against Delta or anything else. And this is why the Delta variant is sending vaccinated people to the emergency rooms and killing them in huge numbers. And that's not even the worst case that's yet to come. Whatever the next quote variant is going to be, you know, you and I are going to be immune to it because we have natural immunity, but the people who took the vaccines are going to be dying in record numbers because they have no immunity. And the vaccine won't even protect them from that next variant because the vaccine will be a year behind the variant because viruses in the wild mutate much more quickly than what the vaccine companies can come up with, even if their stuff works, which it doesn't. So you truly have to be insane and or suicidal to sign up for a never ending course of these toxic bioweapon vaccine injections that do not work. They do not offer you any benefit, but they might kill you. 
and they might give you a heart attack. Oh, oh, don't worry. If you die of a heart attack, the media will describe it as a broken heart syndrome, or they'll say you died from climate change, right? So even if you die, they'll cover it up because that's all part of the scam here. Cover up the deaths, protect the vaccine companies, protect the, the bioweapons. You know, they try to cover up the, the lab leak theory forever. They're still trying to protect Fauci like crazy. They're trying to protect the CCP because it's all about destroying America no matter what the cost. So, of course, they have to cover up the truth about everything and censor people like myself and you who are telling the truth. It's that simple. Hey, a couple of programming notes here. I'm going to be joining uh, chd.tv live. That's Children's Health Defense that's their live streaming channel this Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Central or 12 noon Pacific time. That's this coming Saturday. Again, CHD, that's Children's Health Defense TV or CHD.TV with Doc Tony. And we're going to be talking about heavy metals in food, something I know a little bit about, and it's going to be fascinating. Uh, so don't miss that. Again, that's this Saturday. Should be fascinating, really. Uh, I've also posted the full interview with the uh, Latinos for Trump group and the the individuals on the airplane who have accused Frontier Airlines of uh, racial discrimination and political discrimination for booting these people off the plane, including young children, and separating the children from their uh, medication that was deliberately left on the plane, uh, ordered by the, the pilot for them to leave their belongings on the plane. Then Frontier Airlines pulled them off the plane, and then they, they had the plane leave the gate while the police held on to the father and kept his family there at the gate. So they, they all their belongings were stolen by Frontier Airlines. It's just incredible. Uh, you got to hear that story about the latest crazy, insane uh, obedience demands from another airline. That's That interview is up on Brighteon.com, my channel, HR Report. And if you missed it, uh, you got to watch my interview with Mike Lindell and also uh, Patrick Byrne. Those two interviews are live up there right now, and they're very interesting interviews. You, you don't want to miss those. And then finally, also, we have the full documentary from uh, David Wilcock, and it's The Moment of Truth. Part one and part two, together, they're over four and a half hours. I know it's, it's a lot, but these are bombshell documentaries. And uh, David Wilcock put these together based on my interview. Uh, with him, a two and a half hour interview, he turned it into a four and a half hour documentary. And it's, I'm telling you, the feedback I'm getting on this is just mind blowing. Put this on your list of things to watch because you talk about getting red pilled. This is going to shake up your worldview in a very powerful way. Very powerful. I almost feel like we're not doing it justice just by having the documentary just there in the channel. I feel like we should be featuring it somehow at the top of the channel, but we don't have any way to do that. So you're just going to have to go there and find it. It's, it's on brighttown.com. You can search for the moment of truth, or you can uh, go to my channel, Health Ranger Report, and just click on my channel name on any video. Just click on Health Ranger Report. You'll get to the channel. You'll see it there. You can watch these for free, and they are truly amazing. And you can also repost these if you want on other channels or, or pick out the, the minutes that you like the most and just repost a small section of it. That's going to be interesting as well. So go for it. We've got a lot more coming up soon. I also want to just give you a hint here. No one, no one has heard this yet. Uh, we're adding an audio player 
to Brighton TV. So those of you who live in low bandwidth areas, you'll be able to listen in live with an audio stream only without video. And uh, people, people are tuning in to Brighton.tv from countries all over the world. And a lot of those countries charge you for the cell phone bandwidth or they, or they, they don't, don't have good bandwidth. So we're going to do an audio only version, a player on the homepage for the mainstream. And if you know anybody who wants the audio version only, that's, um, that's going to be available soon. Actually, I like to do that. I like to, I, I wish we had an audio version for every video on Brighton because a lot of times when I'm doing something on the ranch and some kind of a ranch ranch work or I'm out walking with animals or whatever, I like to listen to videos on Brighton.com. I'm not looking at them. I'm not watching them because I'm watching where I'm walking, but I love to listen to them. And that's typically when I have any spare time, I will pull up videos on Brighton and just listen to other people's channels. And so I would like to have an audio only feature that's on my feature list <laughs> and it's my platform and I'm still waiting for that feature. But anyway, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Okay. The, uh, the sponsor for today is the satellite phone store. You know, the URL S A T one, two, three.com. And uh, think about a satellite phone for the upcoming holiday season. I think they still have a few hundred of the Inmarsat phones remaining. Uh, this is a great gift for yourself or for a family member that you'd like to keep in touch with. You can even ship this phone to a distant relative along with instructions of how they can call you. You can even pre-program your sat phone number into their sat phone. There's a little phone book inside the sat phone so that they can call you in an emergency. So it's a great way to keep in touch with a distant relative. And it works almost everywhere on the planet, including deserts and oceans and pretty much everywhere except the North Pole and the South Pole. Uh, well, I guess Santa Claus can't use it from the North Pole this coming <laughs> this coming Christmas. Poor Santa. Satellite phone not working. Gonna have to use Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to navigate. But the rest of us everywhere else on the planet, we can use sat phones. Yes. Okay. Anyway, sat123.com. It's too early to be mentioning Christmas, isn't it? I, I feel like it's too early. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel Christmassy yet. Maybe, maybe it's just not cold enough in Texas, but that's probably coming soon. Okay. Uh, news on the infrastructure, logistics, deliveries, all that. Chris Spear, he's the president and CEO of the American Trucking Association. He says that according to an internal poll, 37% uh, of drivers said, quote, hell no to vaccine mandates. So in other words, if Biden's vaccine mandates are enforced among truckers, uh, more than one third of all current truckers would quit. And according to Chris Spear, even if just 3.7% stopped driving, it would be catastrophic to the trucking industry or catastrophic for deliveries of things like food, you know? So this is another case where if, if the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals strikes down the vaccine mandate for good, then uh, that's going to be a reprieve for all of us. It means that the supply chain is going to start to, to function better, and we can keep the truckers on the road, and the product shortages will start to, 
uh, heal. You know, we'll, we'll start to have more food on the shelves and the long wait times for parts and everything will begin to slowly dwindle down. That's, that's if the vaccine mandate is uh, eliminated. But if the vaccine mandate is upheld by the courts, then it's, it's going to be a full economic catastrophe, a full-blown disaster scenario. So a lot hinges on this one decision because if vaccine mandates are pushed, we're going to lose not just the truckers, we're going to lose firefighters and police officers and meat plant workers and you know people all across the economy. So let, let us hope and pray the Sixth Circuit makes the right decision. That's also the pro-humanitarian decision, which is that we own our own bodies. Hmm, what a concept. Okay, and now check out this story. This is from the Epoch Times. It turns out that there's, um, there's a middle school in Oregon where students have had trouble with, quote, socialization skills necessary for in-person learning. So this middle school has uh, canceled school for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> they, they've shut down the school and sent all the, the kids home to learn from home again because they said that they, they, they don't have the socialization skills. Well, gee, I wonder why. Because you put masks on all the kids and you isolated them you sent them home for the last year and a half. And uh, yeah, of course they're struggling. This is what happens when you use students as your lab rats in some kind of weird, bizarre pandemic social experiment. So uh, Superintendent Dana Diaz informed families and staff, quote, the shifts in learning methods and isolation caused by COVID-19 closures and quarantines have taken a toll on the well-being of our students and staff. Uh, yeah, that's the understatement of the century right there. We are finding that some students are struggling with the socialization skills necessary for in-person learning, which is causing disruption in school for other students. <laughs> uh, they're saying students are disrupting other students, making it hard for them to learn. That's all I remember about middle school. Why, what are they talking about? I mean, middle school was <laughs> uh, basically other students screaming and fighting and uh, gossiping while I was trying to take a test. But then again, I was the nerdy kid. So, you know, <laughs> I was actually doing the test and they were just goofing off and climbing the walls. But I thought that was a normal middle school. I, don't, I guess now it's totally abnormal and they have to send all the kids home. Well, gosh, if we had known that back then in the 1980s, we all would have climbed the walls so we could get sent home. <laughs> that would be the ultimate reward. Get us out of here, please. I tell you what, what schools really need to do, in my opinion, is since the, the students suffered a year of lockdown, there should be a year of recess, so, which I call outdoor learning. So they should just say, okay, class is canceled. We're all just going to go out into nature now, and we're going to learn outdoors. How about that? Let's learn about trees, and let's, let's learn about how to grow food. Let's learn about nature. Let's learn about the real world instead of your artificial world that you've been living in since you've been online playing games the entire last year while pretending to be tuned into your remote class via Zoom. We know you're not there. That's just a photo of, of you on the Zoom. No, actually, you were playing games in the background. We could even hear it, right? So, so it's time to give the kids a year in reality and thus reassimilate them uh, back into the natural world uh, 
where they belong instead of the artificial worlds of lockdowns and quarantines and virtual learning and all that garbage. And you know what I think would go a long way in all this? I think, I think all the school administrators and teachers who supported the lockdowns should have a joint apology to the students, you know, get all the students in the gymnasium. Eh, it's a school event. Come on in. And then all the teachers and especially the, the administrators and uh, uh, the superintendents, whatever the principal, they should get up on stage. We apologize for locking you down and causing you to have mass suicides over the last year. You know, right. Just, just issue apologies. You know how much healing that that would, would do would accomplish. That's what the students need is a massive apology from all the administrators. And by the way, isn't it interesting that, you know, public school advocates have long attacked homeschooling by criticizing it and saying, well, your, your homeschooled kids don't get enough socialization, right? You've heard that criticism. And then the public schools, <laughs> their kids can't socialize at all. They have to even shut down the schools. Guess who was better off during this whole thing? Homeschooled kids were better off because they weren't locked down. The homeschooled parents still had their kids socializing with each other and living in the real world and so on. So once again, we've just proven that uh, public schools are a, uh, you know, a prison system, an indoctrination system, cruelty to children. And it's a, it's a total failure. They just have to shut it down. Frankly, shutting down public schools would be a great thing. Everybody should homeschool. <laughs> parents can do a better job than these uh, left-wing, uh, radical, Marxist, lunatic teachers. And I'm not saying all teachers are that way. There are, there are good teachers out there, just, just to be clear. And uh, probably some good teachers even listening to this, and you're making a difference. But I'm just saying, you know how crazy the NEA is, you know, the left-wing lunatics, the Marxists, the, the, the communists who are in the schools and trying to indoctrinate children. Most children will be better off at home by far. And they would have even more socialization skills, by the way. And one more final thought. It, it's absurd that schools claim that, that they teach socialization skills, especially in the middle of this pandemic. I mean, you're a kid, you show up at school, they're like, sit down, shut up, behind the plexiglass, wear the mask, you know, do the zombie walk, don't touch anyone. And then they claim that they're being socialized? No, 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 no. They're being more like communized is what's going on. They're being brainwashed. They're being turned into zombies. That's not socialization. Don't pretend that, that you're, you allow kids to socialize when you make them wear masks. For socialization to work, don't you have to see each other's lips? And they, don't you have to see faces? Don't you have to be able to learn about facial expressions? Like, what is that expression you're making? Is it is it excitement? Is it disgust? Is it amazement? What is it? You know, I can't see you behind the mask. I pull down the mask. No, it's like, uh, screw you. That's what it is. Oh, thank you for solving the mystery. No, you need you need to see faces to have socialization. You can't just hide everybody behind a mask and like, guess what I'm thinking from the way my eyes are. Like, I don't know. Are you thinking you're Korean? Because you, you have Korean looking eyes. Are you Korean? Turns out you are Korean, but you can't say that because that would be discriminatory. No, seriously, your eyes are totally Korean. <laughs> Koreans have very specific kinds of eyes. It's not racist. It's Korean. It's just, it's just being Korean. 
but again, so you're not allowed to say what's real. You have to make up something. It's like, ah, oh, you're, you're enthusiastic. I don't know. You're feeling gay. What? I don't know. I can't tell. Are you winking at me? What's going on? I'm looking at your third eye, actually. <laughs> uh, and it's saying something in an alternate dimension. Who knows? Oh, man, I've been staring at this teacher's eyes for four minutes. And uh, so far, all I get is soulless. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> no, you need, you need the whole face to have socialization, obviously. And by the way, students need to be able to see teachers' mouths in order to understand what they're saying. And I learned this the hard way when I was taking, I forgot the name of the course. It was like Economics 252 or something. And I had a Japanese professor. His name was Ishizawa. And uh, he's a great guy. I got along with him really well. I actually ended up writing a computer uh, simulation program uh, with him for supply demand uh, charting. Uh, it was pretty cool, but none of us could understand what he was saying because he had a very, very strong uh, Japanese, you know, accent as he was uh, teaching in English. And it's very difficult to understand. Again, nothing against his character. Super nice guy, very smart guy, but his English was incredibly bad. And I hate to think, would any of us have had a chance if he had a mask on? If, if Professor Ishizawa had been wearing a mask during economics, uh, I might have failed that course because the whole thing would have been like, the whole class. I mean, I'm not mocking him. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's insane to, to make people wear masks, make the teachers wear masks, and then the students have to figure out, what did you just say? Because not every teacher speaks with the same pronunciation and some of them being immigrants or being visiting, you know, foreign professors and so on. And it, well, let's just be honest. They don't, they don't necessarily have, I mean, they're not speaking with native English and it's tough. Sometimes it's tough to know what they're saying, even without the mask. I still remember studying for that final. That was one of those 4 a.m finals and you know, like you stay up to 4 a.m to study for that final i remember myself and a couple of the classmates we were just chugging the caffeine and because we didn't get anything from what he said we, we had to book that thing all the way we had to actually read the chapters right uh, that's when you know you're in deep when you have to read the book <laughs> but we did and we passed we made it and whatever and ah. <laughs> uh, each day, each day I tease another ethnic group. Yes, indeed. And, and sometimes my own ethnic group. So just get used to it, folks. It's a, it's a free for all. Everybody's going to be mocked equally sooner or later. Okay, changing the story. The Insider paper has been uh, tweeting out this breaking story. They say that a, a defense official with the Pentagon, claims that if the Oklahoma National Guard does not comply with COVID vaccine requirements, then the Oklahoma National Guard will no longer be, quote, maintaining national recognition. Thus, the state will no longer have a National Guard, but rather a militia. <laughs> and what's the problem with, with that? I, I kind of think the Oklahoma National Guard members would rather be in a militia than a National Guard. I mean, this is this is actually a benefit. You mean we won't be ruled by the lunatics in Washington? 
okay, how soon can we sign up for this? You know, uh, the Pentagon thinks this is a punishment. No, uh, this is a celebration of independence and nullification. <laughs> every, every National Guard across the country should drop the vaccine mandates just to say, hey, we're not going to be ruled by Washington. Thank you for no longer recognizing us. We're fine right here in Oklahoma. And if you come try to mess with us in Oklahoma, well, we, we will do what Oklahomans have done for, uh, well, uh, a couple of centuries here, and we will stand our ground and we will survive and we'll make it through. Because Oklahoma has some pretty harsh winters, by the way, and <laughs> kind of a challenging environment sometimes. And that's when the tornadoes aren't even blowing down your house and, and what have you. So, yeah, I think this is great. I think this is kind of like the Pentagon saying, if you don't vaccinate everybody, then we're going to leave you alone. <laughs> Say, okay, great, awesome. Why didn't you tell us sooner? Okay, and in this next story, which I think is the the most stupid story of the day, this is from uh, Breitbart. No, I'm not saying Breitbart's stupid. They did a great job reporting this. Joe Biden is the one who's stupid. No surprise. Joe Biden blames record high energy prices on oil companies. Calls for an investigation. <laughs> so once again, these are Democrats. They shut down the pipelines. They stop the drilling. They slow down the trucks. They hold up the ports, right? They, they, they raise taxes and have more money printing. And then they say, well, gosh, fuel prices are high. It, it, it must mean the oil companies are engaged in some kind of crimes. Why don't we investigate them with the Federal Trade Commission? So that's what they're doing now. They're sicking the Federal Trade Commission on the oil companies after they shut down all these leases and drilling and pipelines. It's just, are, are they truly economically retarded? Is, has it, I mean, the answer is yes, obviously. It's just so bizarre. It's like, let's find the container ship companies for having to wait to unload the containers. Hey, they're not doing that by choice. Why are you finding them? That makes no sense. No, the oil prices are too high. Let's, let's uh, arrest the oil companies. It, doesn't this sound like something Maduro would have done or probably already did in Venezuela? You know, arrest bakers for making pasta or, or making treats, pastries instead of bread. You know, we're going to come in and arrest you. How dare you not make bread at the price controlled price? <laughs> it's it's these these central planners, these communists, they're always insane. Look, the answer to all of this, folks, is to get the government out of the way. Let the free market solve the problem. It's so obvious. Well, you you think the truck drivers don't want to drive trucks and make money moving cargo? Yes, they do. They're being kept off the roads by bureaucrats and politicians you think the meat plant workers don't want to go to work and make money they're being shut down and quarantined by the covid lockdowns this one you think the the ships with the cargo containers out in the pacific ocean are just taking a tour it's like oh the check out the california coastline let's go up and down 20 times and from a couple miles away oh what what fun this is on a cargo ship which is which has horrible conditions by the way you think they're just having fun? No, they want to offload the cargo and get out of there. Let the free market solve this problem. Get government out of the way. Let them drill for oil in areas that have the oil as long as they can meet some, some basic environmental regulations like, hey, don't spill the oil all over everything. 
And by the way, the, the best way to not spill oil is to build pipelines. So you're not driving oil down the road in fuel trucks because fuel trucks have a lot more spills than pipelines in, in terms of uh, spillage per barrel of oil actually move. Pipelines are far more efficient and far safer because they move a very high volume with very few accidents. And by the way, that big spill out off the coast of California a month ago, where the, the undersea pipeline broke, you know what caused that was one of these ships dropping an anchor down there because the ports were all log jammed and they were they were trying to anchor and uh, hang out there and the anchor ripped up the pipeline and then there's an oil spill see how it works but no government has to come along and say oh you you guys must be criminals you're raising the prices no the criminals are the ones in dc the criminals are the ones in the swamp if you people get out of the way the rest of us can make this country work it's just that every single day, Joe Biden finds another way to prove to the American people how stupid he is. And apparently, he's got a, a, a very long list of a variety of ways to demonstrate this, and, and we're in store for a very exciting winter because of this. Now, competing for the title of the most stupid, you have the bureaucrats of Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> Ilhan Omar territory. You have Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm there, who says that, gosh, the Minnesota officials are, are very alarmed about the surge in COVID-19 cases, of course, among vaccinated people, that uh, Jan here is going to start allowing booster shots for all adults by the end of this week if the government, if the federal government doesn't approve that first. So, so let me get this straight. The first two shots aren't working. Vaccinated people are getting COVID. They're filling up the hospitals and the emergency rooms and everything. So, of course, another ignorant bureaucrat comes along and says, well, gosh, we need a third shot of the same thing that's already putting people into the hospitals. How do you think this is going to look you know, five or six months down the road? You're going to have an even bigger surge of uh, sick and, and dying vaccinated people in Minnesota hospitals. What's what's Jan going to say at that point? Oh, we need a fourth dose. We need a fourth dose. The Minnesota Department of Health on Tuesday reported 51 new deaths. <gasps> of course, how many of those were vaccinated? Probably most of them. They don't even bother reporting that anymore because they know it's the vaccinated people who are who are sick and dying. And who do they blame? All oh, the unvaccinated. You understand the only people eligible for booster doses are people who already got the first two, right? So when they say we got to have urgent booster doses for everybody, they're talking about the vaccinated being the ones that urgently need the booster doses because the vaccinated are the ones getting sick. I mean, it's, it's so obvious. Paint the picture here, folks. Meanwhile, the unvaccinated people are standing back and just watching this Minnesota suicide slash genocide take place. Like, where's Governor Ventura when you need him, right? <laughs> and bring him back. Let him throw a few political punches in that arena and set these people straight. But I guess Minnesota is uh, really invested strongly in mass genocide against Minnesotans. And uh, I, I would guess that Minnesota property is going to become more affordable soon. 
going to have a glut of real estate, used cars, you know, all kinds of things, more parking spaces and so on in, in the, uh, the entire state of Minnesota, especially in the St. Paul area where there's a very high vaccine compliance, because that's where, you know, the, the obedience worshiper uh, liberals live and they can't wait to take the booster. They're actually probably calling the health department. When can I get the booster? When can I be the booster? I just can't wait. I can't wait. And those are the kind of people who will, will actually fake like they haven't had the booster so they can get a double dose of the, of the booster. You know, these, these are the real suicide pioneers right here, figuring out a whole new way to kill themselves with biological weapons and, and winning the Darwin Award in the process. I'm not surprised that these people are from the liberal cities of Minnesota. So uh, Jan Malcolm said, according to this article in U.S. News, that she would, quote, love to have more insight into why Minnesota has turned into one of the country's worst hotspots. Huh? Oh. Huh. Why is it getting so bad? She apparently cited the phenomenon of, quote, waning immunity. Oh, so she's aware the vaccines don't work. That makes her even more guilty for wanting people to take another shot. She notes that the new surge has happened more than six months after many people were vaccinated. Yeah, you think? That's because the vaccine stopped working and then those people get sick. So obviously, why would you want them to have more vaccines? Again, we, I, I'm almost tired of saying this. You're probably tired of hearing it, but it's the same twisted logic from these people over and over again. It's kind of like, don't you want to just say at some point, hey, people line up and take 10 booster shots. Just be done with it, please. Because <laughs> you're going to get 10 anyway if you live that long. Probably won't, but just get 10 all at once. Just do your suicide thing and get it over with and stop bugging the rest of us. Okay. So shouldn't uh, Jan Malcolm here actually have a title change? Shouldn't she be called the Minnesota death commissioner rather than the health commissioner? I'm pretty sure she's the death commissioner. That That's what we should really have appropriate titles here, right? Like the, the, the food and death administration, you know, Centers for Disease Creation, these kinds of things, and and your state death commissioner, because that's what they're presiding over is is killing off their own people. Oh, and speaking of vaccine deaths, this is from the Expose. The website is dailyexpose.uk, and they've done some really great stories. I, I'm I'm really starting to like this website. Here's a story by Rhoda Wilson, uh, who I have not met, but uh, Rhoda's doing a great job here. The story is COVID deaths ratio vaxxed to unvaxxed is four to one. Uh, corporate media should be censored for spreading disinformation. So the, they're citing uh, UK data, uh, European data, and the, the deaths right now vaxxed to unvaxxed are four to one. So again, for every four people who are dying, who are vaccinated, only one person is dying who's unvaccinated. Well, what does this tell you? Because we can do math, even really easy math is, should be no problem for everybody. The vaccines are increasing the risk of death. And then also you have a huge spike in deaths from all causes spiking up after the vaccines were starting to be injected into people. And that's when you start to have the vaccines and people dying on the roads and in the cockpits of the airplanes and so on and dying in their homes from heart attacks and strokes and so on. And 
of course, as we've covered, then the media makes up stories. Oh, no, people are dying from being heartbroken or whatever. Or climate change did it. <laughs> it's just, you know, at the end of the day, all you have to do is count the deaths in the cemeteries. And these are usually kept on a county by county basis across the U.S. I don't know how it's recorded exactly in uh, U.K. regions or countries there. But in the U.S., there are county records and you start adding up the numbers. There's a lot of people dying and it started right after the vaccines were being administered. So not not too difficult to see what's going on here, especially when you consider. Well, all the people dying right on TV, the, the, the sports figures just falling over on the soccer field or on the basketball court or what have you. Hey, isn't the uh, the Super Bowl coming up? I think Super Bowl is generally around a January time frame, if I'm not mistaken. Usually somebody tells me about it the day before it's happening because I have no interest in sports. <laughs> Somebody's like, are you going to watch Super Bowl tomorrow? And I'm like, that's football, right? <laughs> and, you know, they look at me funny. I'm like, so tell me which teams are playing, you know, things like that. I, I like to annoy the people who are experts in sports but oblivious about reality. So... <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a there's a Super Bowl coming up and uh, probably other sports, you know, basketball, baseball. I don't know. Did, did the World Series already happen? I don't know. But whenever these sports have the big championship events, how much you want to bet sooner or later there's going to be sports celebrities just keeling over and dying on live television. How are they going to cover that up? I'm sure they'll have some excuse. Oh, uh, passed away from exhaustion died suddenly on the third down with three yards to go. <laughs> it's just, you know, at some point they can't hide it anymore. Although they're trying desperately to hide it every single day. You know, pretty soon you're going to be walking down the street in a city and there's going to be just dead people all over. And I'm sure there'll be some local news like uh, uh, the weatherman, you know, today uh, a slight chance of dead people. Uh, there's a 25% chance of mortality precipitation. Uh, be sure to bring your umbrella in case they fall off tall buildings. They're just going to try to normalize it. Like, oh, uh, it could be dead people everywhere. You know, like they're saying now that uh, children get heart attacks too. Have you noticed that? Big push. Children get heart attacks too. It's not unexpected. Could be caused by climate change. Could be caused by children being heartbroken. So they're just going to try to normalize it. And then one day, maybe in the not too distant future, when the zombies are unleashed in the blue cities, uh, the national media is going to try to gaslight America and say, uh, well, zombies have always been here. What are you what are you so worried about? Of course we have zombies. What? <laughs> you know, that's what they do. At first, they say zombie apocalypse is a conspiracy theory. And then when the zombies are unleashed, then they'll say, oh, it's no big deal. They've always been there. This, this is the way they handle almost every story. Like, remember years ago when we were warning, yeah, they're going to spy on you through your cell phones. That was a conspiracy theory at one time. Oh, they're not going to spy on you through your cell phones. They're not going to listen to you. I mean, just five years ago, that was a conspiracy theory. Now you read the mainstream media like, well, of course we're listening to you. We've always been listening to you. They have to stop criminals, don't they? What do you have to hide? So that's that's the way they handle conspiracy theories. They call it a conspiracy theory until they acknowledge it's true, and then they just say, oh, it's normal. 
So to take this to its ultimate conclusion, one day you'll be walking down one of the main streets in New York City, and there'll be like a demon vortex there and <laughs> satanic ghoulish creatures and gargoyles flying out of the vortex, right? And CNN will have a report. Well, there's always been a vortex full of demons <laughs> in New York City. Why? What are you, a conspiracy theorist? What, what problem do you have with demonic immigration? You know, uh, undocumented demon migrants walking through the portal. Come on. Uh, love wins, they'll say. You know, you should welcome the demons. <laughs> that's No, seriously, that's how they'll handle it if that were to ever happen. Hey, by the way, speaking of intriguing subjects, there was a message from David Icke that I want to kind of read for you here because I, I think this is really interesting. Um, he says that, as I've been saying, the outcome of all this is written by levels of consciousness way before the village idiots of the cult. The people win as they awaken to the truth. We are in the darkest days in 2021, 2022, and into 2023 before dawn breaks and a whole new reality emerges based on love and freedom. Stay strong. Don't submit to tyranny. Freedom is coming. And the all-powerful cult is in its last desperate death throes. And let's see, I'm reading this from uh, Humans Are Free because he goes on, uh, this story goes on, uh, humansarefree.com, another great site to check out. Project Looking Glass Insider says that the elites panicked when they saw the future because no matter what they do, mankind eventually wins. So a military insider says that Project Looking Glass technology saw that the Great Awakening cannot be stopped. Now, if you've never heard of Project uh, Looking Glass, you might want to check into that a little bit. As, as I understand it, Project Looking Glass is kind of a, an observational time machine. And there was even a, a science fiction movie kind of like this with Nicolas Cage. I forgot the name of it where they could look into, I think, the past. But this Project Looking Glass allows you to look into the future, and it's based on some exotic alien technology that somehow fell into the hands of, I don't know, the, the military or something. I don't know who's got this now. Uh, but they can look into the future, and then they can alter events in the present, and they can relook at the same moment in the future and see what changed in the future due to the butterfly effect, right? If you change the present, you change the future. So they're always looking at the future that is the most likely future based on current events. And no matter what they do, they're trying to enslave humanity, they're trying to destroy humanity. No matter what they do, they fail because humanity awakens uh, before long, in fact. So reading, reading from the story, uh, whistleblowers and insiders have explained last year the current pandemic was actually scheduled for 2050, but the elites are in panic mode because of the Great Awakening, and, and Trump's election was part of that. Uh, the new world order is not even remotely perfected, and it is already failing. According to insiders, the elites have deployed this operation without the approval of their dark masters, hence why they use the name Build Back Better instead of the original New World Order. Uh, now more than ever, it is important that you remain calm and in a place of love instead of focusing on the violent distractions that are being pushed 
nonstop by the mainstream media, you should focus your creative intention on love, oneness, and the great awakening. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion. That's David Icke. And I, I think he's right about that. And when I think of infinite love, I also think of the creator and God and infinite um, knowledge and wisdom and also uh, the power to create. And so, yeah, we. this is why I've said that as we engage in this uprising, we have to be peaceful. This is why you've heard me say over and over again, leave your guns at home. You know, <laughs> when, when we take to the streets, leave your guns at home and leave your knives at home and leave your nunchucks at home and all that other stuff and your machetes too. And we have to confront the globalists by not falling for their division and their anger. Because what they want to do is they, they want to make you crazy. They want to provoke you into an armed uprising. That's their number one goal right now. This is why they're going after the children and they're going after the firefighters and the vaccine mandates and the bioweapons and the supply chain disruptions. They want they want to have this armed uprising, especially among so-called anti-vaxxers or Trump supporters or Christians or what have you. This is what they want. They want to keep you in a state of war and fighting and violence. And the way we defeat them is to not fall for being provoked into that. Instead, we go Gandhi on them, you know? <laughs> we, go, we go like civil rights Dr. King on them. 1960s, you know, street marches, but the peaceful ones. And we don't burn down buildings and we don't provoke violence. We don't do what the leftists do. And we don't even do, do what Rittenhouse did. We don't, we don't bring AR-15s to the public protest. No, we come in peace and we leave our weapons at home. And yet we demand that the traitors and the criminals, the Fauci's of the world, the bioweapons terrorists, the terroristic governments, the tyrants, the authoritarians, all of them, we demand they be dismantled and taken down. The censors, the big tech lunatics, the communists, the Marxists, all of them. We demand they be dismantled, and maybe even we take part in the dismantling of their all of their systems peacefully, though. And, according to the Bible, uh, Jesus comes back in love. And then, well, I don't know the exact series of events, but I did just interview Ben Armstrong of The New American, and that should be going live pretty soon. He's, he's an expert in the book of Revelation. I'm going to have to talk to him more about that. But at some point, God shows up, and just with one word, he destroys all evil. He just speaks it, like, be gone, or whatever, in God's language. And then all the evil is destroyed. Satan is destroyed, all gone. And then those of us who are with God, in love, which is what David Icke is, is talking about here, then we go on to participate in a society rooted in, in love and divinity and awakening and truth and reason and all these things that are lacking in this current demonic society. So this is going to be a very exciting time for humanity. And as David Icke says here, yes, we're going to go through real hellish scenarios here for the next couple of years. It's going to be quite bad, but we come out on the other side. So keep the faith, folks. Understand that this, this suffering does end, and we, with God's help, we are victorious against evil. 
and this is the most exciting time to be alive. These are biblical events for all of human history, for the entire planet. This is the most exciting time to be alive, and I believe one of the most pivotal times to be alive. We are all honored to be here. We are blessed to be here, and I feel blessed to to be able to participate in this, you know, with Brighton.tv, a network of voices telling the truth. It's it's a great honor. It's a like a cosmic honor to be in this position. That's why I'm so excited about this. It's like, it's the best thing ever. I can't think of anything more important to be doing. And your support of what we do is, is so critical and it's, it's so needed. And it's also, I'm so grateful for it. That's what allows us to be here and do this. And we are all in with love and with God and with humanity. We are all in. We know what's at stake. We know how evil the enemy is. We've chosen the side of God with our lives and our souls, with the totality of our existence. We have chosen the side of God and humanity and life and creation. And my goodness, we're on the right side. We, it's such a blessing. We have chosen the right side of cosmic history unfolding right before our very eyes as we are witnesses to this. It's just, it's almost beyond, uh, words, what we are watching right now. But just know that uh, as dark as it can feel at times, you know, and, and maybe they're going to release smallpox or another bioweapon, and maybe they're going to crash the dollar. They probably are. And they're going to try to enslave you. They're going to try this and try that. And they're going to have, you know, uh, food shortages and supply chain disruptions and maybe war with China. Who knows? Yeah, that's all coming. Your job is to survive, to be here, to still be here on the other side of that so that we can rebuild a society with God, with reason, with abundance and truth and awareness. This, this whole world that we've been living in right now, the, the, the lunacy of it, uh, the transgenderism and the lies and the fake news media, all, it's going to be gone. History, a distant memory at some point soon. You'll look back at that. And we'll label it something like the crazy times or, or whatever it was, you know, the, the dark times of, of the collapse or whatever. It will be like an era with an ending in the minds of historians. We'll all look back and just say, wow, holy cow, how did we make it through that? But we did. And now we have the new golden age, the age of abundance, the age of reason, the age of, of God also. I mean, I shouldn't say the age of reason because that's, that's the wrong historical reference. I should say, well, the age with God, with awakening, enlightenment, faith, morality, all these things that society needs in order to survive and be sustainable. We're going to rebuild this world with each other. You and I, we will, we will no longer be uh, attacked by demons. The demons will be gone. They will be dead and gone completely eviscerated from this planet. We will be rebuilding. It's going to be an amazing time. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's, that's about the best thing I can say to wrap this up for today. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and everything that you're doing in this world and sharing the word about this podcast. God bless you. You know, just, wow, we are, we are all blessed to have each other. And I feel it so much in my soul 
I'm getting just feeling the chills of all this energy moving through me right now. Just talking about this. We are together. You and I, we're brothers and sisters. We, we, we are going to make this together. A whole new world. No, not like a Disney song. Not a whole new world. No, I'm not talking about that. No. And I can't use the phrase build back better either because the globalists took that. So we're going to come up with a, a, a new phrase that hasn't been stolen by the radical left as they're trying to pretend to be what we really are, which is the problem solvers, the rebuilders, those who have sustainable civilizations and societies. So we got to come up with some new terms, okay? But we are going to rebuild society. We're going to have a new golden age. Maybe we should be called the, the golden agers. No, it sounds like we're in a retirement community. I, we'll come up with something. <laughs> okay. I'm open to your suggestions. We'll, we'll talk tomorrow. And uh, until then, God bless you. God bless America. Thank you for listening. I'm Mike Adams. Take care. A global reset is coming. And that's why I've recorded a new nine-hour audiobook. It's called The Global Reset Survival Guide. You can download it for free by subscribing to the naturalnews.com email newsletter, which is also free. I'll describe how the monetary system fails. I also cover emergency medicine and first aid and what to buy to help you avoid infections. So download this guide. It's free. It's my gift to you simply because I want like-minded people to survive.